In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, big, big, big news, mate. How are you? Well, I'm still recovering. A bit disappointed, but we've got an awesome guest on, which balances it out. So I'm really excited to have this guest on. It's a shame we've got to talk about this topic, but hey, we're here 365 days a year, and when news happens, you've got to talk about it. So without any more further ado, Mike Clay from the ESPN. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Yeah, you're right. A bit of a, a shock today, right, with this uh, this news. I'll let you guys handle what the news is here and, and set it up. But, uh, yeah, a little, little bit shocked right now. Well, yeah. Well, we were going to talk about draft and off-season stuff, Mike, but we're going to destroy the show sheet and we're going to go straight into Green Hunt has joined the Browns. It's crazy. And, uh, Jack, I know you've got a few things on your chest. What's your first uh, thoughts? My first thoughts is awful human being. I don't want him on the team, but he is a great talent and it's not a surprise. The minute John Dorsey was signed to the Browns, everyone knew this sort of stuff's on the cards. Domestic violence is not an issue. Violence towards women is not an issue. Um, we saw it with our special teams coach coming in, horrendous individual and some comments, but it's all about winning. John Dorsey does not care about character. And I'll drive that home. When anyone sits there and tells me Jarvis Landry's deal was about his character, that's irrelevant. It's not about character. It's about what he sees as value to winning and anything he can get, whether it's Tyreek Hill and beating up his pregnant girlfriend, nothing matters apart from winning. So that's John Dorsey. You've got to take the rough with the smooth and you own it if you're going to go out there. And I love everything about John Dorsey. This is John Dorsey. Wow. Mike, how do you come back from that? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, a lot to unpack there. I mean, just focusing on why I was shocked, you know, uh, the reason for it is they already have a couple good running backs in place. I mean, one of the best duos in the NFL right now, Nick Chubb, obviously an early second round investment last year, and and he was terrific, guys, over five yards per carry, uh, terrific after contact. I mean, he, he sustained his high-end production even after the trade of Carlos Tide right early on he had some big splash plays but even after that he was outstanding so you have that guy soaking up a huge share of the touches and then you have Duke Johnson who played over 40 percent of the snaps last season didn't get a lot of touches but he was still on the field quite a bit they just signed him to an extension so you have two guys in place you don't really need to make this move but you know he, he wasn't expensive you know he's, he's going to cost him what is about a one-year one million dollar deal it's not too pricey he's going to be suspended most likely for what we'll guess maybe upwards of half of the season then comes back, gives him some fresh legs, maybe a, a number two. I don't think he's going to come in. I, I don't think it's realistic to expect him to come in there and just immediately be the number one or, or in a timeshare right away with a guy like Nick Chubb and perhaps Duke Johnson, if he's still on the team. Um, but nonetheless, he'll, he'll steal some touches away if he's on the roster. And then of course we'll see where it goes from there. Adam Schefter, my colleague reporting earlier that he'll be a restricted free agent hunt will, after the season. So that does certainly give the Browns some options. Yeah, Jack, any more info on that contract you can explain for me? So we've got him for maybe six games, 
uh, maybe a bit more. But then after that year, how does it work then, Jack? Is he just a free agent? So he signed up to a deal that we've just we've been told is just over a million. We don't know quite what that is. Who knows? It could be one point five, but it's, I'd say somewhere in the one to one million, uh, one to one and a half million range. If he's suspended um, for anything less than eleven games, and so if he has six games on the roster, then he's a restricted free agent next year. If he ends up getting suspended for eleven, twelve games which I don't think is going to happen, but could happen, then he would be an exclusive rights free agent next year and not a restricted free agent. But I don't think anyone's expecting it. I think you're talking six, eight, potentially 10 week uh, suspension. I don't think he's going to get more than that. But if he would, then he wouldn't get the... Is this the word I always struggle with? It doesn't count towards the season, towards free agency. Um so restricted free agent next year, we're expecting it to be somewhere in the region of the 2.2 million range, um, depending on which ha- what happens with the salary cap next year. But he's basically tied up at a very, very cheap price for the next two years. Um, and that, that's where it stands. Obviously, there's questions on what you do with the rest of the roster, but th- the stats are out there. Um, Mike tweeted them before he came on the show. There's very, very little difference um, between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on his stats across 2018. Um, You've got a little bit more production in his receiving yards, but to be fair, it was the Chiefs. It was an insane offense. So um, I think Chubb could have uh, caught and been productive as well. Yeah, and I'll just add, I mean, I think we both, I think we would all agree Kareem Hunt, the superior uh, pass catcher. So I think that's somewhere where he is an advantage. But in terms of rushing the football, and, and by the way, this comes from someone who loved Kareem Hunt I was uh, as a prospect coming into the league. I was very, very high on him from this time, that draft season on. Um, and again, just focusing only on on-field uh, play here. So he was super college level, comes in there, and, and he showed why uh, during his time with the Chiefs. So He's an effective rusher, but again, you just pointed to it. You look at the stats last season from uh, the time Carlos Hyde was traded on, Dick Chubb averaged almost 4.7 yards per carry, 2.8 after contact, and Kareem Hunt was at 4.5 yards per carry, 2.6 yards after contact last season. So very similar, but again, Hunt the superior pass catcher, though uh, targets weren't much different, only a nine-target difference between those two guys, so utilized – very similarly, there are only five, uh, five off in terms of carries during those spans. So, uh, again, very similar usage. And it's going to be interesting to see how they work these two guys together. And honestly, I mean, they not, may not play much together. You know, you, maybe you get ten, eight to ten games this season. Maybe, guys, a few playoff games, perhaps, <laughs> could be in the cards for the, the Browns suddenly. Um, but after that, if he is, in fact, a restricted free agent, as expected, and another team signs him, say they tender him at round two level, something like that, Another team can tender him an offer. It could be a three- or four-year deal. It could be expensive. People choose not to match. If they don't, they get a, in that case, a second-round draft pick or whatever uh, they tender him out. So this could just be a short-term running back, cheap, and it could turn into some draft picks down the road for them, if not you know, a complimentary back to uh, um, Nick Chubb for a few seasons. Yeah, Mike, I love the way you're saying that the Browns are going to make the playoffs. It's great to hear. Yeah, well, I mean, I, hey, I will uh, pat myself on the back. I was driving the Browns bandwagon since this time last offseason. I was a big fan of what they did, or maybe a little later after free agency. So I really liked that roster. thought they were a mid-pack team. I took a lot of heat for that article I dropped at ESPN last year, uh, projecting them to be a, you know, a, a wild-card contender. And you know what? Uh, I was right. They were. They were, in fact, a wild-card contender. The team was pretty – was average on paper. And uh, there's plenty of cap room, plenty of assets in place that they can get – even better this season. I don't lose the needle too much, but 
Uh, there's still plenty they can do on the side of the ball, on the offensive line, certainly the skill positions at wide receiver. So uh, can't wait to see what they can do, but there's no doubt they're a wild card contender. Yeah, on, on this show, I, I'd said before last season, so we were backing you up. I said it was an 8-8 eight and eight team, but you had to take into account the Hugh Jackson tax, which made it a 5-11 and a 11 team. But uh, without the Hugh tax, it, it was a really good team. Yeah, you're, no, you're right. I probably, you know, I put a lot on roster talent um, more more so than anything else, and it, it worked out pretty well for me projecting uh, teams to take a leap, whether it's the Cleveland last year or the year before. I really like the Chargers and the Jags and the Eagles the year before the Raiders. So it worked out pretty well, but you're right. Um, I definitely underestimated the the huge accident factor. That was obviously a problem because they got rid of him they were also unlucky i mean they get a couple breaks last year especially that raiders game they could have been in the playoffs so um certainly a franchise finally finally guys headed the right direction mike we're loving it uh one uh, point i had for both of you two is that there was three teams interested in um hunt uh the chiefs the bears and the browns interestingly the chiefs wanted him back um, yeah, I'd have to, I haven't seen that. So that's interesting. I, I'm pretty sure they said when they released him, he was never going to play for the chiefs again. So that's, that seems kind of uh, suspicious, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, well, how that kind of plays out. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I will say this, you know, in terms of the market, you know, teams interested in running backs, you know, there's nobody happier right now, I think, than uh, Le'Veon Bell, because, you know, you had a handful of teams that had a clear need for a number one running back. There's not many of them. There's just a few. Um, and, uh, you had uh, uh, Kareem Hunt here sign with not not one of them. He did not sign with one of the needy teams. He signed with the team that had running backs. So there's just more openings out there for Bell and uh, and uh, guys like Mark Ingram, other running backs who are going to be looking at the open market. And, you know, maybe one of them teams that doesn't get Bell or Ingram or any of these other guys, maybe they're interested in Duke Johnson. I mean, that's that's the, you know, the, the next question to ask. I mean, you have Chubb now, you have Hunt. Do you trade Duke Johnson, who just, again, did not touch the ball very much last uh, last season? I think with Duke Johnson, you're probably going to see him nearer the trade deadline if he's going because obviously keep him for six to eight weeks depending on what the suspension is. And then it might be one of them that um, you just move him on to another playoff team that loses a running back. You're always going to get running back injuries um, for, say, a, a third-round pick um, week week eight, say, um, as some team sort of jumps on and pushes towards the um, playoffs as well. Do we need to trade Duke, though, with all our cap space, Jack? I, th I think Duke Johnson's going to be asking for a trade. If you're going to bring him in and you're going to go, look, you're third choice running back, um, either you could move him full-time to the slot. He's made public statements before that he'd rather be a wide receiver and who'd blame him when you've got a slot receiver getting paid 15 million a year. You're never going to get a running back paid that at the moment. So if, if he might make that move and become permanently a wide receiver who can also come back in at the end of the day, many skill players are now becoming flexible tight ends are becoming blown up slot receivers. So there's that flexibility. But um, if I'm him, I'm probably saying, look, if you're not going to play me, can I go somewhere else and play um, after that um, suspension's cleared? So it, 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 we don't have to move him on, but as well, you don't want someone uh, being a problem in the dressing room because you've said, look, you're now third choice running back when um, going into last season, he, he was first choice running back. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he asked to get moved on um, and it happens nearer the trade deadline rather than the start of the season. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. We, and we saw this last year, right? Of course, we mentioned, I mentioned Hyde earlier. They signed him and then they drafted Chubb and there was no way he was amused by that. Next thing you know, a few months later, he's traded 
uh, to Jacksonville. The one thing I will say though about moving John, uh, Johnson to the slot is you you have you paid uh, a slot receiver. You know you have Jarvis Landry inside. He's going to handle a lot of that work, and you have David and Joku as well. Uh, you also have Nick Chubb coming out of the backfield. So you know they they have options in that underneath area. They need they need downfield. They need intermediate area targets. So I'm not sure that's going to really work out for them unless they get super creative offense. And they can do that. I mean, look New England. It loves to use receivers and, and a lot of their receivers. Seattle, too, is another one. You know, they, they constantly have their inside near the, near the uh, offensive line quite a bit. So uh, it's possible. It, you know, I'm sure they're going to, if they keep him, try to get creative. And I do agree to an extent that maybe that's one of the reasons it makes this a bit of a head scratcher is, you know, you still need a number two back while Hunt's out. So is that is it Johnson or is he can that? Maybe maybe you could squeeze out a third rounder or a fourth rounder and then sign a veteran backup for for a while. Uh, We'll see what they do. But uh, I I do agree. Duke Johnson's a human being just like the rest of us. I know he's getting paid, but he can't be amused by this situation. Do you think that all three running backs would be happy to have uh, play one third of each game in theory? Well, I, th- I think what we've saw with Freddie Kitchens, he's very much creative. Uh, we saw a play with all three running backs um, at some points during the season last year. So he will throw players out there and he, he doesn't seem to be tied to a particular scheme or something's got to work this way. He's going to try to throw the best five players out there for any one play in terms of skill positions. So I, th- I think the flexibility of we'll see uh, different players doing different stuff, but it, running back's one of them positions. You keep them on short contracts the mortality at the position is very low compared to um, you can have a long career as a quarterback. You don't really invest in a running back once they hit 28. You start seeing that downwards trajectory in their careers. So if it's almost just a use and abuse position of, right, we're going to run you into the ground and then um, any sensible team's not going to give a massive deal to a running back because even we've seen with Todd Gurley, it's scheme-based. If you, he's allowed to up his yardage and his um, yards per carry only when he's up against light boxes. So he's benefit from Sean McVay's scheme and then suddenly everyone's calling him the greatest running back ever and discussing him in MVP discussions. And then you throw in CJ Anderson and suddenly he looks nearly as good. He's not playing at quite that level, but for the value difference, you're not going out on paying a running back um, 12, 13, 14 million a year at the current climate. Yeah, the interesting thing about these two guys is, uh, you know, you're going to have Chubb for, let's just say the plan is, hey, we're going to try and keep these both, both of these guys in place for a few seasons. Well, you know, you have three more seasons to Nick Chubb, and then he'll become an unrestricted free agent. And, you know, Kareem Hunt has this upcoming season, then he'll be restricted. Let's say you keep on, that's a year. I mean, they're both going to come up one year apart, and they're both going to hit unrestricted free agency a year apart as uh, as it's set up right now. So. Uh, I don't think it's a viable long-term option to have both of those guys. You know, ideally to get Chubb uh, an extension in in, uh, two more years, he'd be your guy and you'd have a complimentary piece. I mean, it has to be the plan. He's still young. Awesome. Last season, let's be honest, he was one of the most effective rushers in the league. Um, But, you know, I, I, again, I'm surprised. I thought, uh, have Chubb, have Johnson, he'd be set up uh, for the next few seasons. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's a tough one. You get it from there. Uh, point of view because you got a very talented running back cheap and a guy that maybe could get a draft traffic compensation down the road uh and then uh you know from his from his angle I don't really understand it I mean you mentioned maybe there wasn't uh, maybe his agent wasn't getting as many offers as maybe we thought he'd get but you'd figure he'd want to go someplace where he'd get a shot to be the back and that is definitely not the case here you know best scenario he's in a timeshare with Nick Chubb barring injury that is best scenario in this uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I've been asking because our fans have been asking for the last few weeks um, and about a month of, oh, would we add Kareem Hunt? And I, I kept to the line of, I don't think we'll add Kareem Hunt only because he should probably get some starting money and starting offers out there. But if no one wants him, John Dorsey's not going to be scared to add the guy and that's what he's done. Um, obviously, we've had the sort of announcement with it from John Dorsey of saying, I've spoke to him, um, I'm happy with the signing. But last time we heard this from John Dorsey, it was a chap called Michael Kendricks who is potentially going to face up to 25 years in prison. So you've got to bring into question when John Dorsey says, trust me, you know, I've spoke to the guy, we're all good. Well, last time you told us that this guy is now facing up to 25 years in prison. It hardly seems like a good track record. Yeah, that's fair. And, uh, you know, he also had issues running up cap space in, in uh, Kansas City as well. So certainly an imperfect resume. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. There's uh, certainly going to be a lot of balls in the air over, over the next uh, year or so with, with free agency and whether they decide to keep him around. And uh, you know what? If, if Nick Chubb goes down with an early season injury, it'll, it'll look genius. If he doesn't, it's going to look like a crowded backfield. So uh, just one of them things. And you can never have too much depth at running back. I'll say that. You just have to be careful how much to invest in the position. And in this case, you're not investing much. So uh, it's just a – you know, almost reminds you a little bit of, of Philadelphia signing Michael Vick, right? They get, that was a one-year deal as well. Uh, bring him in, let him get uh, maybe his career back on track, I suppose, help him a little bit. Excellent. Uh, Jack, anything else you want to cover on uh, Hunt? One last thing that you'd asked me about, and luckily I looked this up. You asked what numbers are you going to be wearing? It probably won't be 27. We've got Tavarius Thomas, who had a fantastic season as a special teamer, and I'm very confident we'll be back. So probably as our sixth or seventh corner. So who knows what number he's going to be taking? We don't know yet, but I'm sure we'll find out at some point. But um, no, it, the summary is horrible human being, but fantastic football player. And if I was sat at home playing Madden um, and I can get the cheap deal, then I can understand and I go, oh, I'm picking up that player for that price. So I can understand from the talent perspective, but is not what I want. What do you make of it, Paul? Yeah, I'll just give you my 30-second uh, overview is that we we support the Browns. I believe we should back Dorsey in his decision. I did a poll today and 75% of Browns fans, over 1,000 voted that they're happy with the move. And I have a daughter who's a six-year-old I'm not too happy about anyone that beats up uh, women. So uh, from the moral point of view, I'm not happy, but we have to back our uh, coach, Jack. Yeah, um, and you'll hear many people say, oh, he deserves a second chance. No, we're actually looking at a fourth chance here because what's been reported by several people is there's three different investigations underway. You've got what happened in the hotel room, got what I believe happened in a bar, and I don't know what that third incident is, but there's already three incidents being looked at. So we're on about his fourth chance. We're not on about his second chance. And if a player gets caught with some weed in their possession or something like that, I'm all for second chances. There's second chances that are worthwhile taking and people make mistakes and do stuff like that. There's a different levels of these things. What, what we've seen in just the one video incident, that's not worth a second chance in my eyes. If someone gets caught doing something that's a little bit silly, like walking around with a bag of weed, by all means, you shouldn't be doing it. But I'm all for giving that individual a second chance um, if it's worthwhile and they're honestly, um, sincerely sorry. So I'm not saying no one ever deserves a chance, but for me, this isn't a chance I would take. Mike, real quick question for you from one of our listeners, Jason Baroud, which is at Jason Baroud. 
Do you think we should trade our 17th uh, draft uh, place? Uh, trade down, essentially? What do you, what do you trade like? down or up. Oh, um, I mean, you certainly have to take a look at the board to, and decide what's there. You know, certainly uh, if a guy falls and it's somebody you really want to get your hands on him, I, I think about a team like the Chargers last year, right, who were sitting there right around the top 10 and you see uh, Derwin James fall into your hands and obviously you have to pounce. You know, you're not going to you trade down in a situation like that. And, of course, Fair like that's falling, you trade up. So, um, I, I don't. It's not an easy question to answer. I'm always, um, if I'm a GM though, I'm always thinking about those sort of options. I'm always, uh, maybe trying to trade down a few spots and pick up a second or third round pick. It's always something you should be looking at. I mean, look at the best in the business. England, you know, Bill Belichick is is fantastic. Working with so, um, should keep their options open. Um, but I'll tell you what, I have no issue with them moving up a little bit and getting trying to get a star player. Again, the roster is in good shape. This team you know there's like an Oakland team that's just a mess on defense that has to uh, get as much talent as they can on the roster they have a lot of talent they can afford to go after star players in free agency and the draft and, and try to find a, a difference maker so uh, really, really situation in and uh, we'll see what they do maybe even uh, you know it's might be hot to take these top receivers there's a lot of options they're going to have a wide receiver in the middle rounds and even in round two so would not shock me at all if they took one of them players no Thank you so much for coming on. Um, an absolute fantastic guest. I'm sorry we didn't get to more of your questions, but hey, when news happens, it happens. Anyone that comes on the show and talks about the benefits of trading down is always um, a top 10 guest in my eyes because I, I love that. <laughs> so uh, plug yourself. Where can people find you? Um, Twitter and everything else. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely do this again. Talk some uh, draft for sure that's coming up. Uh, I'll be down at the Combine, so a lot coming up here. I'll uh, have my my rankings, my uh, fantasy rankings, actually, for and bios, all that fun stuff, uh, scouting reports on all of uh, the incoming rookies from a fantasy perspective coming out right after the combine there in early March. And the guys, that's when free agency kicks off. So I'll be busy with those recaps and all that uh, over at ESPN.com and uh, on Twitter at Mike Clay NFL. So, uh, guys, appreciate the time. It's always fun to talk Browns, um, especially with them going the right direction. And we'll do it again soon. Thank you, Mike. And Mike, when are you going to come to London to visit us? Uh, we'll see, guys. I've never been there, believe it or not. So uh, maybe I'll get over these times and, uh, well, yeah, we'll do a, do a show in person. Excellent. That sounds awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. No Thank problem. Thank you so Take much. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Make sure you go rate the re um, review the show. Subscribe. We're on Spotify now. Um, we've got two fantastic shows coming up in the next two days. We're breaking down the linebacker room, and then we've got fantastic um, guests on to look at the draft in the linebacker room. So please, please, please make sure you subscribe and come back because we have more fantastic content coming right now.